Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. Jeff, what are we talking about today? We're talking about marketing because we get marketing. so many questions about, can yeah. I do this in my market? What should I be looking for? How should I be doing it? So I, some of it's going to be reviews. Some of it's going to be, I'm going to try to give some specifics and hopefully you don't overthink this because creative financing will work in every market with all kinds of properties. Yeah. And certainly as a flipper, you know, I get the, the question I get asked the most from, you know, anyone that doesn't know about real estate or might be interested in getting in is how do you find houses? Cause the market's so hot right now. Right. Um, so yeah, let's talk about marketing. Um, and I'll start with kind of what I'm doing uh, right. marketing right now. Though I haven't been marketing for single family homes. Um, I've been, you know, just sourcing them through, uh, wholesalers like yourself. Right. Um, but, what I am doing is I'm actually building a um, database of mobile home parks in, oh, in, good. in a few different states. That's what I've kind of had my assistant been working on. Yep. Um, so I'm building a database of you know, mobile home parks, the amount of spaces in these mobile home parks, um, the entity that owns the mobile home park, and then we're looking for contact information for that owner. Um, so we're, you know, we have to look up who the, who the owner of the, who the owner or the manager or the member of the LLC is that owns the mobile home park. And then, you know, we're looking for uh, basically skip tracing for phone numbers, email addresses and mailing addresses. Yeah. And then what we're going to start, I'm going to start a, uh, a mail campaign. Um, I think I'm just going to hit them with a letter like every two months, I think. Um, and so once I get this database built out, I'm just going to constantly hit it with, with letters because it's going to be a lot smaller list. And then I also, um, I'm going to hire someone to, you know, cold call uh, these owners and just say, hey, are you interested in or selling your mobile home park? Um, my boss would love to talk to you if we could set up a time. So you're going to mail and you're call. Mail and call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's my goal right now. Yep. Um, well, let, let, let's talk about this. Okay. Are you going, do you have a plan? Like how often are you going to mail? Uh, how often are you going to call? So I would like to, uh, once I get the list built out, I'd like to um, have someone run through the list for calling about, I don't know, like once every three months, uh, three to six months, I think I want to be calling them. And then I would like to like, set up a mailing for every two months. Okay. So every other month? Yeah. Hitting them every other month. And it's going to be a letter. A letter. Yeah. Yeah. Just Is it always going to be a letter? I, I might try a postcard. Um, I, I've sent out postcards in the past for sure. Um, I just think because of the, the owner type, you know, um, a, a letter might be a little more effective. But I mean, I'm going to, I'll have to, agree. 
I'll have to play with that, you know, but I, I think more of a professional, um, you know, company. How, how long will, will your letter be? Do you have any idea? Single page, I think. So I, I would test that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because I think that sometimes if you, you get short to the point, that's fine. But sometimes if you get their attention, they'll read through an entire two, three page letter. And if they do, uh, they're going to be a lot better candidate for you. That's very uh, true. Uh, what, what, what are you going to, if you're sending a letter, are you, uh, how are you going to do it as far as like addressing it and, you know, the, actually sending it, you know what I'm saying? So, so I'll uh, use a mail house um, okay. and uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to look for a mail house that can kind of just set up the mailing um, to be done uh, automatically. So I'll just say, Hey, here's the schedule I want. Sure. Um, I want to hit this list every two months with this, this letter. And I'll probably try that for like a year and then maybe switch up the letter, maybe, okay. maybe give, you know, six months and, and try, try a different mail piece. Um, I know that, and I'll, and I'll be tracking, you know, response rates yep. from, from that mailing and that, that specific letter. Um, and, and then, uh, when I modify it, I'll be tracking it again and, uh, I might use two different phone numbers to track it or just keep a you know, a, a time frame where it's a little spread out between, between the mailings. So I can, I have time to track the, the other letter or something like that. But, okay. Um, with any marketing you do, it should be measurable for sure. You need a way of tracking it. Um, and, and then you gotta, you gotta also track your costs with it, right? You gotta yeah. know how much you're spending on it to see if there's any kind of return on an investment. Um, and I think in, you know, marketing and real estate, uh, if you can get, you know, four times what you've spent, back that's 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 usually a really good roi for for marketing in real estate well i would think first of all because you're targeting mobile home parks that uh you could spend quite a bit more and still make it worthwhile if you got one deal yeah and, yeah and it's going to be a smaller list um so i'm i'm like shooting for like a list of a thousand really that's my uh, how many markets are you looking into uh five different states right now but i'm probably going to expand that to eight. How did you choose your, your markets? So the way I'm choosing them is markets that are close by me. Something, okay. something that I can fly to in, you know, two hours. Okay. Um, so literally just the States surrounding Utah um, is, and then I want to do a couple in the Midwest. I want to target, um, I think like Oklahoma, Kansas, um, yep. Arkansas, some Midwest states, but um, also got, you know, Utah, Colorado, Idaho, um, Arizona, and Nevada. So, so the surrounding states, something that I could drive to in, you know, six to eight hours, or I can get on a plane and fly to in an hour. That's kind of okay. how, that's how I wanted to look at it because I'll be, you know, if I get something under contract, um, I'll be the one going and looking at the park. Okay. Well, let's go back really quickly to the direct mail. And because I think that there's a couple of good points that we can make with this. One of the things that you certainly can try is 
what kind of envelope that you're going to send this letter in. Uh, will it be more of like a standard 10 envelope that's more business oriented or will it be more of an invitation style type envelope? Will it be white? Will it be colored? Uh, you know, will the address be handwritten? You know, what's the return address? You know, no P.O. box type stuff. Um, right. Yeah, you know, all Great. of that. Yeah, great question. So um, I won't be using a name on there or any what they call teaser copy. Uh, so there will be no teaser copy and there won't be a, a name for the return address. It'll just be a single return address and then it'll address the owner. And I, I'm going to try a handwritten font first. Um, and, and an invitation style envelope, probably like a cream color or something that looks a little more fancy. So if, if, if they got this in the mail, because I'm really targeting mom and pops here is when I'll be targeting. You know, if they get this in the mail, it looks like it came from a relative um, and it looks like it's a, an invitation from for a wedding or some, yeah. some event. Right. So it, that it gets it open. open. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole goal is to get it open. If it just if it just looks like um, junk mail. Uh, right when they look at the envelope, they're just going to throw it in the, the trash uh, because that's how people sort their mail. They sort their mail over the trash can. Yeah. Um, and that's how I sort my mail. That's how you what sort your you? mail. Yep. Uh, everyone does. It's like junk mail, junk mail, junk mail, uh, bill, uh, oh, letter, you know, <laughs> like um, everyone does. So I think the less that you have on the envelope, um, the better. Uh, if you can just do, you know, just a single return address and then there, uh, then whoever you're addressing. Um, and if you can get creative with stamps, I've heard, uh, you know, if, if you can put three or four stamps, uh, I, I know people that will put the one cent stamps on there yeah. um, just to make it more uh, yep. eye catching. Right. And that's really what you're doing. You're trying to catch, capture their attention. And the whole goal is just get the letter written, I mean, open, and then, and then you need some kind of copy um, to catch their attention. And one of the other things would be some kind of specialty stamp, uh, you know, yeah, uh, something that's, you know, out of the ordinary uh, Elvis Presley or, uh, you know, something that someone would use personally rather than, you know, a business and, uh, and definitely a live stamp too. Um, yeah. uh, now that we're talking about stamps, a uh, live stamp will always work better than a postmark or whatever they call them. Yeah. Uh, the permits or I, I don't know. Metered I, stamp. Yeah. Metered stamp. Yeah. Um, a live, live post stamp will always pull better than, than a postmark. Yep. So one other recommendation, Jonathan, just because, yep. By the way, we're winging this. I, I had no idea that you were doing this and this wasn't what the plan was, but hey, it still works. Uh, it's part of marketing and we'll talk about some of the other uh, details of it, but I think we should just go with this. This is good. Uh, I would recommend that if you're sending out, and maybe it's not that big of a deal if it's such a small list, but the first mail should be a postcard. And the reason for it is that it'll help you clean up your list. So whatever return mail you'll get, you're not spending, you know, letters are more costly to send than postcards. Yeah, almost uh, twice the cost. Yeah. So before you start sending the letter, send a postcard to help clean up the list. Uh, yeah. So any return then, addresses. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, uh, that's a great idea. And I've heard that before in the past. Um, 
So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try that. Yep. And guys, the, what we're talking about here, this is what you can do with any list out there. Um, I'm just trying to niche, niche mine down. Um, and I think, I think too, the more, the more you can niche a list down, um, first of all, the less you're going to spend in marketing because you could mail a postcard to every homeowner in a, you know, a, a, any geographical area. Um, but it's going to be really expensive, right? So, uh, one thing with marketing is if you got to, if you can narrow down, um, who you're targeting, you're going to spend less money. Um, and there might be less competition there as well. Right. Yeah. You know, I know with single family homes, um, you know, the properties that I own, I, I get a postcard almost every week. Um, and sometimes, you know, a couple postcards in the same week for, for the properties that I own. Why, why do, why do you, what list do you think that you're on? Just an equity list. Yeah. Um, you I'm, have a certain amount of equity. Yep. Just an equity list. That's, uh, that's my guess. Yeah. Yep. Most likely you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, uh, so that you have your niche list of mobile home parks and you may even have filters of how big do you want it, uh, yep. definitely what area you want, um, that maybe yeah. based on tax assessed value or you know some kind of idea of what the value may be. Uh, you may have some filter about equity, uh, or maybe you don't have any of those and you're just picking uh, mobile home parks in areas that you would be okay owning a mobile home park? So that's, that's a good question. So what my criteria is going to be, so I'm, I'm building a, this database of uh, the, all the mobile home parks in the state. And then from there, we're picking areas where uh, the population um, is at least 500,000 or more because we, you know, we don't want some rural rural town or something where we buy a mobile home park and we're just go, we're basing it off of spaces right now. So we're, we're targeting any, anything that has 10 to 50 spaces is what I'm going to be initially targeting. And, um, I know some of the bigger guys out there, you know, won't do anything smaller than 50. So I think that might be a great place to start, um, as far as targeting. Sure. Uh, and, and, and the reason that I bring this up is that this is part of pretty much every single list that you potentially can deal with, right? Is that you have to determine what the criteria is that you are most interested in. The more filters that you apply to any list, the smaller, more targeted list that becomes. There, there's advantages and disadvantages of doing that, right? Um, one, it probably requires a little more time to develop the list. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, but hopefully that when you mail or contact these people that you have more of the people that say, yeah, I'd be interested in selling will be more based on what you would be interested in. Not always, but but hopefully to that degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than if you were just sending to all mobile home park owners and now you're getting calls on 100 units, you know, 500 unit, whatever or, they may be. 
or RV parks. Or uh, rural or... When we, yeah, when we initially pulled a list, there's like a ton of like small little RV parks, you know, like six yep. space RV park. And we're not looking for RV parks. We're looking for mobile home parks. Yeah. Um, and so there's, a, yeah, there's a lot of filtering there uh, for sure. And, you know, when, you, when you're able to narrow it down, your marking costs become less if you're able to filter those off. Plus, not, I mean, we haven't even talked about the time uh, if you were to send out, um, if I was to send out, you know, postcards to every single mobile home RV park out there in these, in these States, how many phone calls would I be getting and how much time would I be wasting on stuff that I'm not even interested in? So, um, definitely sifting and sorting and filtering upfront exactly what you're targeting will save you time and money. Okay. Uh, and then th that's really the whole idea of, of creating those filters and that criteria for mostly targeting what you're you're after now at some point depending on where you are in the marketing uh, strategy that you're trying to implement you may need more people to mail to because you need mm -hmm. more calls and you need more leads uh, so all of a sudden now you'll have less filters and you'll deal with some of those not so good leads because that that's just part of the game. Yep, you can have less filters or you can broaden your, your target markets okay. um, for leads. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, what are you doing, Jeff? Just talk about, let's talk about so, that. So we, we do a little bit of a few different things and uh, marketing is always about testing and testing and tracking testing, testing tracking tweaking yeah. and uh so we're, we're doing a number of things right now so one we we always have based a lot of our marketing on uh what we call either joint ventures or networking or apprentices and you know, we created an apprentice program based on that I'm willing to trade training for generation of leads. And that way I'm getting people to actually implement their education, do what they're supposed to be learning. Take action. And, and in reality, they're, they're generating leads and then hopefully they're making some money by doing so. Right. Uh, so we definitely focus on that because uh, marketing wise, we can do that with little to no money up front and we only pay for marketing after the fact once we've been paid. Yeah. So that part's a, a constant and we've been doing that for many years now. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, which is a great, great strategy by the way um, because you're not paying the upfront marketing costs and you're only paying out on deals that you get paid on. Right. Um, you do have to trade some of your time um, and expertise um, but you're good at that, Jeff, and you like doing that. Um, I do like which why, which is why we do this podcast, right? Right. Because um, you like to teach. So, um, and I know that, you know, personally, I know that you guys do a lot of deals that way through apprentice programs and, and networking, um, and you're able to reduce your marketing costs significantly or cost yep. to acquire a deal significantly um, versus the competition. Yep. So, a couple of other things that we are doing currently 
is so we are doing some direct mail, but it's a very targeted, very small. <coughs> excuse me, I've been dealing with this virus for like two weeks, and so apologize. Um, but we are we, we've been doing some direct mail. Um, I love direct mail. D direct mail works. However, you've got to be careful what you're doing, how you're doing it, and you better be tracking it. And uh, right now our response rate is super low. And when we're dealing in our major cities, and uh, it's probably less than one quarter of 1%. And less than a quarter of a percent? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Uh, however, we still get deals and it still makes sense for doing it. But what we do, we get a much higher response rate in some of the smaller cities uh, and even more in more of the rural cities. The question is, is, is there something that we can do with those leads? And you know, that, that's still be to be determined. Yeah. So uh, let's, if, if you ahead. don't mind sharing, let's talk yeah. about um, what list you're targeting. So we're, we're working through a marketing company and uh, what they do is they stack lists. And if you've never heard of that, basically, and we'll talk about some of the different lists that, you know, that would make up what would be called the motivated list or the distressed list. And what they do is they'll stack several of those so we're looking for people that have maybe more levels of motivation than just one. So for instance, maybe they're behind on their taxes and the property's vacant, or uh, maybe they have some code violations and they're behind on taxes and maybe they're you know, in default. Mm -hmm. uh, so combining multiple uh multiple levels of motivation. So the list is fairly targeted and small, um, but when you get calls that they're typically a little more motivated to do something. For sure. Um, so, uh, and we don't really know what the marketing piece is that, that gets sent out, but I can tell you that it includes some um, like lumpy mail, uh, mm -hmm. So something in the envelope that would make you want to open it and yes, you know, some kind strategy. of, yeah, some kind of tie in to, you know, maybe it's a, I, I know he sent like some kind of coin um, and this coin is supposed to bring good luck. And uh, it was mailed to people that were in default that, uh, and then he has like this whole letter about a story. And so uh, something like that. And this is something that we're testing right now and see how it goes. I love that idea. And um, it reminded me of like the ADA formula. Um, if you've never heard of ADA, it stands for, it's an acronym that stands for attention. So you're, you're getting their attention with the lumpy mail, right? There's something in this envelope. So you got their intention. Um, when you start with a story or you have a story in there, you're, you're gaining their interest and then you're gonna pique their desire um, hopefully through the story if if they're looking to sell their property and then you want them to take action so so there's a call to action hey call right. this phone number if you're interested so um 
I, I, you, you just reminded me of that as you said that. And I want to, I want to just give a, a book idea, something that I um, got recently that was a phenomenal book. It's um, by the name of uh, a guy called uh, Brian Kurtz. I don't know if you've heard of Brian Kurtz, but he has a book called uh, Over Deliver. And it's a phenomenal book. Brian Kurtz was, um, he was a, a head of a big, huge mail company. Um, and uh, they've, they've sent out hundreds of millions of mail pieces. And he's kind of, he was the king of, of direct mail. And um, that's a fan, fantastic, phenomenal book that I would encourage. Uh, if, if you're a student of marketing, I would encourage everyone to pick up Over Deliver by Brian Kurtz. That's a great recommendation. Uh, so th we, we do that direct mail and we do some other uh, in-house direct mail, but they're very targeted, like expired listings, that kind of stuff that we do on a weekly basis. But we don't really have any follow-up. So we hit these people one time and uh, they either call us or they don't. And we actually just got a call from an expired listing from at least six months ago, uh, held on to our uh, postcard or letter, whatever the case may have been, and called us uh, you know, in the last two weeks. So it does work, um, but we don't spend a lot of money on direct mail right now. And uh, we used to, we, we have spent quite a bit of money on direct mail. Um, I'm a big proponent of keeping my marketing costs down. And because I think that you can quickly get to the point where you are running a very heavy type company and expense type company. Yeah. And so I'm always looking about how to generate leads and keeping my cost per lead, cost per deal down. Yeah, and I think you're really good at that, Jeff. Um, compared to you know other investors that I talk to, and what their cost of acquisition is for a property, um, I know in our market it's probably somewhere around four thousand or five thousand dollars cost of acquisition to get a deal. And I was just talking to an experienced investor, and he told me right now his cost is like ten plus thousand. Wow. Yeah. Which, that's here. Yeah, that's here. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So when you, when you have deals like that, where it costs you $10,000 to acquire a deal, how much are you making on that deal? If it's he's just a rehabber, a so he's probably making 25 to 30, but uh, the, you know, the margins are getting tight and okay. uh, yeah, as a wholesaler, you can't pay that much uh, to get a deal. Uh, no. You're making 15,000. You can't afford to pay 10,000 for, a deal uh, that, that won't make sense. You'll be out of business quickly. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So we do a few other things. Um, we are testing two online marketing type uh, programs that we're involved with. And uh, when I say online, that one of them generates leads for us on a regular basis uh, through Google AdWords. And we have tried Google AdWords countless times. We have spent a lot of money. And uh, our market has been very difficult. And when I say our market, Utah and Idaho primarily, 
those two markets are very difficult to deal with, uh, like Google AdWords, uh, very expensive and very competitive. Uh, but we're working with a company and I'm, I'm, I won't give you these two companies yet because I, I want to continue testing them. And then if I feel like they are working, then on a future episode, I will give you guys what they are. Um, but so we have two, one is that generates leads and we only pay per lead. Uh, and we, we can generate whatever leads we want in particular areas. So you sign up for particular area and then whatever leads they generate in that area you get. And if other people are in that area, it's like a round robin. So, uh, and you only pay per lead. Only one person gets that lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one where um, they actually are, uh, they track people that apply for loans to refinance their property and are turned down. And, uh, and then they will ask a question, would you entertain a cash offer for your property? And those are, again, by leads. We pay per lead. Um, but they're pretty cheap, uh, depending on you sign up per zip code and zip codes are different based on, uh, I don't know if it's based on the value of the properties in those zip codes or uh, I, I'm not sure what it's based on, but it ranges from like 15 to maybe 35, $40 a lead. And uh, so we, we've been doing that, both of those for about, I don't know, a month, six weeks, something like that. And so far, so good. Uh, they've generated some leads for us. And uh, actually, the the property we talked about on our last episode came through one of those channels, uh, the reverse mortgage deal. And, cool. Yeah. So those are primarily what we do now. Um, and obviously, we've run some meetups some networking type uh, things that are set up primarily to um, be able to work with other investors. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and you guys other- are good about that. You guys do two meetups every single month. Yep. And you're always there. Um, yep. You show up like clockwork. So yep. you guys do, and you and you send out a promotional email beforehand. Um, so you guys do a really good job at that. Um, and those are the wholesale meetup, right? Yep. Utah yep. wholesale meetup and then Utah investor meetup. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Yeah. So if you're in Utah, um, check those out, give us a call. We'll give you information on those. If you're uh, interested in, in going to those and meeting Jeff, you can meet, you can meet him in person. Well, and then we're also <laughs> part of the Utah RIA. Um, That's right. Yeah. And so those are the three and I try to limit it to just that because that's enough for me. It's quite a bit actually. Really? Uh, That's quite uh, a bit. Yeah. I I actually was involved with a different RIA many years ago. I actually co-started it back in 2001 and it's still around and still does very well. Um, But uh, you know, I made some conscious decisions and um, uh, so if you're, 
if you're looking to start making connections, look for your local RIA um, and look for local meetups uh, or start one yourself. Even if you're not the authority yet, uh, people will start coming to you yeah. with uh, questions, with deals, with whatever. And um, that, that's how you want to position yourself to start getting, you know, joint venture kind of deals. Right. Yep. So let, let, let's, yeah, and we'll probably have to make this at least a two-parter, Jonathan, just because we got kind of into some other stuff, but I think it was good. Yeah. Um, uh, so let, let's just maybe talk about a couple of things and then we'll, we'll, we'll cut this one off and we'll start up again. Okay. Uh, but you know, one of the first things that we need to decide on is, uh, what market we would like to be in, right? Mm -hmm. And these days, you don't have to be in the market that you live in. Uh, you can be basically in any market that you want across the country fairly easily and pretty inexpensively. Right. Uh, but I would recommend if you're new, if you're just starting out or yeah, you've done a few deals that that you focus on an area that you're, you're in or around you. And uh, but let's say that you live in Los Angeles and uh, deals are, you know, a million plus dollars and you're not comfortable yet dealing in that kind of price range. All right. So maybe you start working in some of the smaller markets in and around Los Angeles. Uh to help you get going. Uh, so picking the market, and you don't want the market to be too large for you at first. Um, it'd be better to focus in on an area and really focus in on it and then expand, go wide. First go deep, then go wide. And uh, so in our market in Utah, super saturated right now, right? Um, very, very, competitive yeah uh, and uh you know new investors are coming in constantly trying to to create deals and you know it's hard to find good deals right now in our market uh does that mean there are none no that there are but you will either have to spend more money to find those deals or you will have to get a little more creative to find those deals um but they exist and keep in mind because we are willing to use creative financing there are deals that most people are not even looking at and that's the part that we'll cover in just a second because I think this is the part that people miss you know as a wholesaler or a rehabber like you are Jonathan what is the one thing that you're always looking for no matter what Cash properties. Well, but but what does it have to have to make it make sense for you? Oh, a lot of equity. Correct, right? I, I mean, it, does it matter if you come across a house that's like a piece of crap and you know it needs a lot of work, but it doesn't have enough equity that you can't buy it for the right price? No. You're done with that, right? right. I mean, move on, next. Yeah. And most wholesalers and rehabbers are going to be exactly the same way that they're going after 
those high equity type properties, whether they're you know, code violations, tax delinquents, um, vacants, uh, whatever all the distressed, the, the one constant is high equity. Right. With creative financing, we don't necessarily need high equity. We right. can deal with those properties that are low equity mm -hmm. or kind of in between. Yep, not enough for the rehab or wholesaler, but um, plenty good for the creative finance investor. Mm -hmm. So, understanding where you want to be and what I would tell you is that what kind of property do you want to deal with so we, we certainly can deal with single-family residences right um, not a problem we can deal with multifamily whether they're small multi two to four units or even bigger like commercial units five units and above we can deal with office we can deal with industrial. We can deal with retail. Uh, we, we can deal with land. We can deal with condos and townhomes. We can deal with listed and unlisted. Uh, but you have to kind of create where do I want to focus on, and then I will expand. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you try to deal with it all at once, it becomes overwhelming and probably nothing gets done well. And uh, all of a sudden you're like, I, I knew this wouldn't work, right? right. Uh, so you've got to focus in and test and evaluate and tweak and then determine, hey, do I really want to be focusing on single family homes in this area, in this price range with this with these filters, with this criteria, is this really working for me? Um, maybe you're like, hey, I don't wanna deal with single family homes. I, I, I like multifamily. Uh, mm -hmm. Ultimately, I wanna own multifamily. And uh, maybe I can create financing on multifamily and I can either purchase for my own portfolio or I can wholesale and I'm going to focus on that. Maybe it's mobile home parks like you just talked about. And uh, same thing. I'm going to focus on certain areas, certain types of parks that I would like to own. Now, maybe there's deals that, that contact you that you say, this doesn't fit my buying criteria, but I could still put a deal together and maybe I can wholesale it. And instead of making you know, 10 or 15,000, you can make 50 to 100,000 or more because you're dealing with bigger type properties. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's, and that, that's a huge first step. And it's probably the, one of the most important, right? Um, I think people get so, you know, they, they, the analysis of paralysis, right? That yes. you know, it's like, what market should I be in? What should I be targeting? It's like, hey, pick something. Um, you know, we've talked about, hey, do you want to focus on higher end type properties? Because you can make a, a bundle of money doing it that way, but you're going to get less deals most likely. You're going to have a harder time finding buyers. So do the analysis and, and then just go, go and do it and figure out, is this what I want to be doing? Um, you know, I talked to an investor slash previous partner of mine yesterday and he told me, you know, Jeff, 
Utah is super competitive. I, I don't know if I like working in Utah right now. And I said, I, I totally understand. But he knows he can go work anywhere. Yeah, and he could be set up within a couple of days to, to virtually wholesale in whatever market he wants to be in across the country. Now, do I want to be in 20 different markets um, trying to figure all that out at once? No. Not at once, no. No. Like uh, the single yeah. target market. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Get things rolling and then expand based on what your business model is. Yeah. Uh, marketing is the same thing. Um, yep. I, I think we talked about this uh, the other day that there's not, actually, I talked to him about it yesterday. There's no magic list, right? No. What's the list that you're mailing to? What's the list you're calling? There's no magic list. These lists work, okay? All of them work. And yeah. random cold calling will work too. Maybe not as well, but they all will work to some degree. Now you have to determine, is it working well enough for the amount of time or money and or money that you're putting in? What's my return on investment? Uh, same thing that we look at on properties, we should be looking at on marketing. And so before we wrap this particular segment up, let me give what I believe is the best place to start if you are new. If you are just trying to get started in this business and or you're trying to, you know, maybe you've done a few deals, but you, know, you don't have any consistency. What is, what, what is like the easiest list ever to get? Um, absentee owner or... Even easier. Even oh, easier. Uh, notice of default. Even easier than that. Um, a property list in a specific area. How about people that are selling their property by owner? Oh, just for sale by owner. Okay, yeah. <laughs> How about people that are trying to rent their property? I mean... Yeah. There's no cost to these lists, right? Yes. Yeah. It's so you're, they're, they're yeah, public. So you're, you're, you're talking about like going to like Craigslist or um, Zillow or whatever, whatever you may have. Yeah. It, those well, are prospective leads and uh, it, it costs nothing to get. And what can you do to find out quickly if this is a potential deal? So that there's basically three things that you can do right away um, where you're spending little to no money and very little time, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I can pick up a phone and call them, right? Say, hey, you know, I saw your house for sale. Um, you know, I'm a local investor. Um, you know, I might be interested in buying this house if it fits my criteria. If you have a couple minutes, we can talk. Well, they're either going to be open to talking to you or they're not. And if they're not, thank you for you know, letting me move on quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, great. Are you willing to take payments for your equity? Maybe that doesn't come out right away, but you know, within the you know, first five, 10 minutes that you're talking, and if they are, hey, what if you do, what if your focus is lease options? Hey, would you be willing to rent for a short period of time and then sell? If the answer is yes, or maybe it's a lead. If they're willing to take payments for their equity, it's a lead. 
if they're not willing to discount for cash or they're not willing to take payments or lease with the option to buy, it's time to move on. Right, and I right. can find that out very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I could call them, I could text them, I could email them. And so it maybe you want people to call you to figure out if that, you know, maybe there's a little more motivation if they call you rather than you call them. I personally don't see much of the difference. Um, but couldn't you do, uh, hey, I'm just going through Craigslist or KSL or um, Zillow or whatever the case may be in your area. And hey, I'm looking for median price range homes in my area, maybe just below, maybe just above. Uh, and I'm looking at pictures. I'm looking to make sure that I can get a hold of an individual, maybe not a property manager. And I'm just sending emails, texts, and making phone calls to these people. And if I did that for a week, I would have leads. I, I would definitely have leads to work on, mm -hmm. offers to make. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no money. Uh, why go, you know, purchase lists, start mailing until you make some money. Uh, wouldn't it make more sense to, hey, let me make sure I, I like what I'm doing here and I'm not going to get myself into trouble. Uh, because if you go mail and you don't answer that phone, what happens to those leads? They're gone. Yeah, you pretty much. Your money. Yeah, pretty much just flush that money down the toilet, right? Yeah. So clearly this is the easiest way is this the best list? Not necessarily. They're not, you know, a lot of people do for sale by owner because they too cheap to even pay a realtor, right? They want every last penny out of this deal. Correct. That's all right. Um, you're not looking for the majority. You're looking for the minority. And there are deals on for sale by owner, for rent. Uh, there are deals on the MLS in your area, I promise you. Um, and, uh, what you've got to be doing is doing something consistently. Yeah. And to me, this is the easiest way to get going. Right. Well, let's wrap it up Jeff, right there. Uh, just cause this is kind of, it's kind of going long, but there's so much to marketing. There's so much to learn on strategies of marketing, direct response, marketing, push marketing versus pull marketing, uh, kind of what you touched on, you know, versus, or them calling you versus you calling them. Um, so let's, uh, we'll, we'll continue this on our next episode. Um, and, uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this and this is a huge, uh, part to investing like you to be a real estate investor, um, on any level, you got to be able to find deals. That's the fundamental foundation right there. You got to find a deal, right? You got to find properties at a discount. And the best way to do that is, um, creative financing, of course, um, and going direct to seller. Um, I, I think I would agree. Okay, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, we have a creative financing hotline. That number is 877-409-8090. Again, 877-409-8090. You can call us, leave a comment there. Um, we're looking for show ideas. Um, if you are an investor out there using what you've learned here on the show, we'd love 
to hear from you and possibly get you on the podcast um, as a testimonial um, to what we are teaching here. Uh, you can also get a hold of Jeff on that number if you're interested in his apprenticeship programs. Um, and then if you want a special video that shows you how to um, make creative financing offers step-by-step -step on a single family home and the exit strategies involved. Jeff's made a video for that and you can get that video, the link for that just by texting um, CFP or creative financing to uh, our hotline number. Um, you can find all of our episodes on the creative financing podcast.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook, the creative financing podcast. And we, have a YouTube channel that uh, we're starting to build up and that's the creative financing show. So we're in all of those places. Please, please, please reach out. Um, we'd love, we'd love to hear from our listeners um, comments or questions and we need show ideas. Um, we're always looking to, uh, for more content um, to be able to uh, educate you guys out there. So uh, thanks so much, Jeff. Any last words? I think you covered it all. Uh, <laughs> Good. We'll have a whole nother episode marketing coming right up. Awesome. Okay, guys, until next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.